on 072-702-1702. It is 22 minutes to 11 o'clock and my guest, uh, Mr. Khosi Chikane, is here with me in the studio. But on the line, Mr. Kayas Tole, Youth Igniter's economic youth advocate. Uh, and they are here to talk to me about, I suppose, the best way to, uh, to characterize this conversation is the youth's involvement in this particular election and how and what it represents going forward uh, and some of the initiatives that they are involved in. Let me uh, get Kaya's Tolle, uh, let me greet Kaya's Tolle to start off with. Kaya, good evening to you, sir. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, good evening and good evening to the listeners. Thank you for this opportunity. Much appreciated. And of course, Corsi, good evening to you. Thank you very much for joining us here yeah. in studio. I always appreciate it when somebody comes to studio. No, at no this worries time. at all. <laughs> I really, really, really appreciate it. Let me start with you, Corsi. The youth. I've seen all sorts of tweets today where young people were saying that um, the ANC continues to be in power because we, the youth, have betrayed ourselves. About a million youth. In fact, I've got the tweet here. I'll read it to you yeah. verbatim. Uh, the, the, uh, this person's Vuyo Lisabi says, So, Aubrey, if Cyril returns, uh, turns out to be another Zuma, we will not be able to impeach him because the ANC still hold majority of seats in parliament because over one million youths did not vote. This time it's not Bok Bokokokirona youth Bapaletswing I. And uh, he's basically saying that uh, the reason why the ANC continues to enjoy poll position, I suppose at yep. this point, is because the youth didn't vote. Is that a bit pres- presumptuous in your, in your opinion, or is he on the money? Yeah, no. So thanks again for having us. Um, sure. I think it's a bit presumptuous on a few levels, right? Yep. But there's some truth in it. Yep. And it's presumptuous on a few levels to say, one is, let's just blame young people for not voting. So I've been working on this idea of being like, stop blaming young people. Whenever I walk through the IEC center, there's so many different institutions there from media, political parties, um, the IEC. And I'm thinking this entire mechanism couldn't convince young people to vote. So who do we start blaming at this point? It has to be double-fold of what are the institutions doing to galvanize people to vote? How do you educate, not just how do we educate people, but how do you make a young person a productive, democratic citizen? Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's an investment you have to make. On the other hand, it is, it's not just the 1 million people who didn't vote. It's the 6.8 million 18 to 30-year-olds who weren't even registered. Like that. Yeah. That's the number we really need to focus on. Yeah. They didn't even bother to register and get involved in the process. And this whole Telcom Igniters campaign that we're doing myself, Kaya and another colleague of ours, Lebo Hang, we are really trying to figure out that question, how we can start communicating with young people to say, it's not just this election, right? It's this election plus what happens before the next five years. Get these 6.8 million people wanting to vote to get the 1 million people who sat at home and didn't vote into the voting booth for the next time around. If you consider yourself a young person on 11 883 or 021446567, you didn't vote. Maybe you didn't even register, Yeah. Do you agree with those that say that it was the young people that let down the campaign for change? Uh, and uh, do you agree perhaps with Khorsi to say that perhaps that might be a little bit presumptuous? Let me ask Kaya's toll and ask, do you agree per- perhaps Kaya with the assertion that young people didn't vote? I- I'm not sure yet if I agree with it. I mean, if I looked at what was happening at the, at the universities, many first-time voters had voted. Uh, is it perhaps a an interpretation of what appears to be the results of the votes that make certain people think that the youth didn't vote because 
it isn't going the way that many people thought that if the youth vote, uh, things would go? Look, I do think it's probably a manifestation of multiple dimensions. Of course, there was an overall drop in just the voter turnout. So, of course, it's not just a youth problem. It's really a problem of all South Africans saying that perhaps when it comes to this being the one system that enables us to participate in this democracy and make things happen, we no longer see it as the most legitimate structure. And we have to confront the question of why there's been such a decline in the voters' role. And of course, remember, the young people themselves are a microcosm of the bigger society. So if society at large is itself indicating declining voter participation, the youth are a subset of that. So of course, they will also do it. So I don't think it's a situation that is unique to young people. It is a South African problem. But of course, what one would hope is that young people would still be able to say, in spite of the inherent flaws and limitations of an electoral system, we still want to go out and participate. And of course, I think for us, it's a question of why young people aren't taking that position. And that's what we're trying to unpack with this idea behind the Telcom Music Night campaign. Sure. Am I to take from your answer that you agree with those people that say that uh, young people didn't come out in the numbers that they could have to um, to legitimize, I suppose, this process with their vote? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the turnout could have been much better. And I think even if in some of the, you know, the voting stations where people went, you'd have thought that you would have seen a lot more young people coming out to say, look, perhaps in 2014, we as young people didn't understand how politics and how mass politics works. But since then, we've had the Roads Must Fall movement, we've had the Fees Must Fall movement, which really galvanized young people into actively participating in really confronting systems, as it were, the status quo. And of course, this is one particular instance where you can actually say, I'm uncomfortable or I'm unhappy with the way things are. Let me find a way to intervene. Let me find a way of confronting the system. And I think we probably lost the type of momentum that we had as young people about two or three years ago. But perhaps that's simply because the issues that prevalent two or three years ago with issues that were unique to us. We as young people could all universally identify with them and it sort of meant that we all knew what it is that we're agitating for. Unfortunately, a general election campaign tends to try to tackle way too many issues and for some people they might just struggle to find what their position is, what is the one thing that matters to them in this election and then they just take it out. So, uh, and, and Corsi, that's probably why you guys have this telecom initiative to yep. uh, create the conversation that's going to try and excavate the reasons why young people haven't responded in the way that they did with the roads must fall, fees yep. must fall process. I, I want you to park that a little bit. I want to ask you this question. Cool. A lot of people are suggesting that the EFF would have been the mass political party that would have represented the aspirations of young people. That even though it has done very well, relatively speaking, in these elections, it hasn't done as well as it thought it was going to do, precisely because of what we've been talking about now. And that is what we could call youth voter apathy. Would you agree? Uh, Not completely, right? So... The EFF would be doing a bad job if they didn't overestimate what they were going to get in the elections, right? Sure, I mean, that's to be expected. Yes, to be expected. And the numbers that they are currently showing, this idea that they're going to hit 9%, possibly even 10%, bucks the trend of any new party in a post-1994 democracy. Now, I've said this on a few other platforms, so I, I really dislike the phrase youth apathy, right? In my mind, young people are not apathetic. You're just not interesting them in the right way. And what the EFF has really done with young people was, we hear your voice, 
we're going to give you a platform through us so that you can exp- you can express your voice. And the EFF really became that rebel rouser, yes. young party yes. that a lot of people decided like, we're now going to move there. The problem with the EFF is that how do you now retain those voters yes. as they get older, right? Yes. When you're no longer just a firebrand young person, you're now in a young professional setting, right? You can't just talk back to your boss because you might not have a job. Sure. And I think the EFF is really thinking hard about how we stabilize our base. And I think those are the type of conversations that young people have to have. And I think most importantly is that young people need to say, stop calling us apathetic if you don't know how to engage with us, right? It's an easy cop out to essentially be like, oh, young people, we don't know how to talk to them. They're they don't really care about the process and what we're really trying to do is this idea that young people have a voice we want to have the conversations that we want to have that we think is important to us hence something like fees must fall um, we want to create platforms where we can engage without being belittled as you are a young person naive please sit down wait for your turn which is often the case O-wan-o-en. yeah so it's just like that idea of like no don't tell me what to do oh double one eight eight three oh seven oh two is the number and uh, you can also call us on 021-446-0567. We are going to have this conversation now to try and understand how should we, especially those of us who are of an older generation, speak to the young people of our country in a way, one, that respects their intellect, yep. but also respects them as a constituency in the realest possible way, politically speaking. Kaya, how do we do that? And I suppose that that's what this whole initiative is all about, yeah? Uh, Look, I think, I mean, even, you know, when you speak to people representing the IEC, you say to them, look, in spite of what the political parties were supposed to do, the IEC has got a unique responsibility of really selling the idea of elections, the idea of an electoral democracy to young people during the five-year period between general elections. And I think for me, one of the big issues that we've had is that the IEC itself hasn't played the role of really saying to people, there will be something that happens in five years' time. When this thing does happen in five years' time, then you have to make up your decision about which party it is that you go for. So I think we need to start creating the conversation around that rather than depending on political parties to be the ones that really lead the conversation because I think... We all know that by the time people interact with political parties, they come with particular biases. So, of course, your first interaction with a political party, you probably associate with particular things. And when you start associating with particular things, it limits the way that you can objectively engage with it. Yeah. So, so, so what, what, what are those intellectual erogenous zones for, for young people at this at this juncture, at this, at this point of the evolution of South Africa's democracy. And by the way, Cyrileto is correct in what he says on Twitter. He says, Aubrey, it's not inherent. In other, words, other words, in other words, I think he's trying to say it does not necessarily follow that if you're a young person, yeah. when you vote, you'll vote, you'll vote EFF. And that's why you yeah. said that there are a number of nuances there. So we get what you're saying, Cyrileto. But I was asking the question based on a particular, um, on a particular narrative that exists out there. But I absolutely absolutely agree with you uh, what should we be how should we be engaging young people such that they are part of the process because i do agree that if the young people aren't involved it's yep. not legitimate it 
delegitimizes the process. And we can't say that if you are, as a, a young person, don't participate, uh, forget about it. <laughs> uh, because the, the, the process is just not going to be legitimate if young yeah. people don't participate. They are the future, after all. Yeah. yeah. So in my mind, it's a, it's a two-way street. Uh, the one street is the institutions in place have to do a better job. The idea that the uh, the parliament can come out and say, well, we're, we're hosting these meetings and then not tell people on social media channels where these meetings are happening. Right. The idea that the only way you can communicate to communicate with parliament is let us write a letter or our views on this policy position. There has to be a different way of engaging, whether it's through a mobile application, whether it's through a website portal. We need to start thinking differently as institutions. As young people, we can't take things for granted. Right. We could essentially abdicate responsibility to other people to say, please deal with this. But we're going to deal with those challenges eventually as we get older. And one of the things that we're doing with this Telcom Ignitus campaign is how do we create these platforms in twofolds? Right. So the one is we're going to create a portal that young people can engage with, get their views on. We'll be throwing our views there so that people can say, here's an engagement. We're having a live debate with young people that we streamed on multiple different channels, creating different types of music videos. We're trying to create new platforms to inform the traditional institutions to say there's a different way to go about this. We're even getting 15 young journalists to join this Telcom Ignitus campaign to say these new ways for journalistic integrity and insight to come through young voices. Um, so it is a two-way street. It There's is a new ethic developing exactly. even in the way that we engage uh, with current affairs. Exactly that. Uh, using different and newer forms of technology. I want to ask you this question. I want to take a few calls. But Kaya, listening to what Khosi is saying, uh, is that not invariably the pushing out of the older generation when you do it <laughs> that way? So, I, I mean, I think Khosi said it very nicely to say that it's a two-way street. But uh, just the way that he's explaining it, is it not a locking out of the older generation and therefore exposing the narrative and the conversation to exactly what the young people are accusing the older generation of? Yeah, look, for me, I always look at elections as really a referendum on the future. It's really a question of people come together once every five years in the South African context, decide what it is that they think that the trajectory of the country ought to be, and then decide that this is the one or the two political parties that probably really mirror what it is that we're trying to look forward to. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's always a very futuristic exercise because we are really gambling. Even yesterday, we took a gamble and said, when we got to the ballot box of all the 48 names and the all 48 faces that were on that piece of paper, this is the one face that I think is probably much better suited at sort of really setting the agenda for the country for the next five years. And of course, that five years itself becomes a benchmark for what becomes the next decade and the next 20 and the next 30 years. Because as you all know, the consequences of policy formulation, which is underpinned by this electoral process, I think that have got much lasting, uh, longer lasting impact on yeah, us. Yeah. So I do think that unfortunately, we do have to prioritize the views and the biases of young people because they're the ones that will probably have to suffer the most immediate and the most acute consequences of the decision that you're making today. The role of the older generation is to simply then inform the process and say, oh, by the way, 20, 30, 40 years ago, when we did this, this was the impact. When we marched at Soweto in 1976, this is what we we're looking for. This is how things translated, and this is what the impact is on where you are right now. So I do not think that, unfortunately, we've got the luxury of simply then hopping back to the past and glorifying it. We simply have to then say it was a learning process. 
it ought to assist us in then formulating what Sure, Kaya! <laughs> hey, bro! All right, let me take some calls. Temba in Johannesburg, South. Hi, Temba. Bro, Yeah, Aubrey. how's it, bro, Temba? Great show once again. Thank you, sir. And uh, good evening to, the, to, your, to, your, to your guest. Yes, sir. Um, bro, Aubrey, you know, if, if, if 100 people were in a bus, yeah. old, young, women, uh, men... In a bus, and this bus, this bus is heading down a, a, a cliff. Yes. And and what will ultimately happen is everyone is likely to die. What you will find is that everyone will work together towards a particular uh, outcome, and the outcome would be we don't end up in a ditch. Yes. It would be immaterial whether you are 15 years old, whether you're 51 years old. Mm. Now, what tends to happen in the in the I, I, I don't know whether it's a, it's a it's a creation of politicians or creation of uh, of the media, but mm. someone created this idea that the youth live in a different environment to an environment of the elderly. Men live in an environment that is different to an environment of females mm. of women. Mm. Now, and this is why you end up with a discussion that says. When the youth were excluded, mm. or we need to uh, include the youth. So mm. it's almost as if we create, we suggest a problem, and we create, and, 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 and we, yeah. we give yeah. a solution. I hear you. I hear you. Timber, let, yeah, let, let me yeah. stop you there because I want to take a few calls, but I think the principle of your question is well understood, and I do want to hear what my guests have to say about that. Deboko is in Soweto. Hi, Deboko. What is your question? Uh, well, it's slightly more of a comment. Sure. I think the, 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 the challenge here is a matter of education and sentiment. Yes. The, the narrative that the youth is not interested in politics is utterly wrong. I think where the people who have political interest, be it the IEC or the political parties, do not understand the manner of speaking in terms of speech. They do not understand the drives and the struggles of the youth, more so because the, the articulation has been that the youth is these people behind computers who are driven by quick, cheap, gimmicky emotions. Yeah. Uh, you look at the IEC quick campaign, for example, did not speak necessarily how a typical Debo from Soweto Deep Down would speak, or a yeah. Brian from Bryanston would speak. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. the narrative there is, is, is not necessarily reflective of the youth, and therefore that disengagement will happen. Yeah. Um, and when, that, that is one, the narrative, right? And then the, the issue that, the, for example, I use the EFF, has captured the imagination of a certain part of the youth yes. is the fact that they understood their frustration and therefore created sentiment. And these guys have an emotional relation to the party. Understood. And until these parties are able to come to the youth and say, guys, what are your issues? They should not assume they know our issues, but they really come to us and say, what are your challenges? What are the things that you would like to see? What are your aspirations? Then I hear align, you, my brother. I, I've got to stop you there because we're running out of time and I do want to hear what Kosi uh, uh, and Kai have to say. One more call. Godfrey is in Brackpan. Hi, Godfrey. Hi, Aubrey. Yeah, go for it, Godfrey. Yeah, I think it goes down to education. I think uh, um, we, we, we tend to undermine, you know, um, the, the importance of education. Yeah. Uh, youth is not really um, educated. They don't understand. They don't know really what it means to, to vote, the value of voting. And they take it, it it's, 
it, it's just a you just have got to vote and um, and 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 that's it. But they don't understand. You know, the education is not there. Godfrey, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you there, my brother. I, I think I get you, Kosi. There is, as articulated by some of the callers, yep. a suggestion that the youth, represented by your narrative at the moment, is a demographic that's trying to hijack the whole story. <laughs> and is trying to hijack the whole story by creating a question, answering it, and then saying, saying we were right all along. Yeah. Uh, how do you respond to that? But how do we get beyond that and actually understand that ultimately we're all folks in a bus, the bus is going down, we need to save ourselves instead of um, having, I don't know, silo conversations. Yeah. So I like the bus analogy, but yeah. I think it's flawed in one way, right? Yeah. So we all live in the same environment, but the way we experience that vi- environment is completely different, right? The idea that these just under 4 million 18 to 35-year-olds who are not employed in education, any form of training, the majority of unemployed people in South Africa are all young people. And the crisis that we have is if these young people stay unemployed in the current state that they're in, in 10 years from now, when the economy decides to kick off, right, we finally fix things. How do you kick off an economy that has this huge grouping of young people who do not have the skills? Well, they'd be old people by right? then, right? They'd be yeah. old, right? Yeah. They'd be like 35-year-olds, sure. 45. You create a lost generation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the young people are advocating for, to say, we don't want to be a lost generation, but we also don't agree with this process. And just to link to other questions, it's the idea that a lot of older people will be like, as long as we have a Twitter page, yes. we can engage yes. with young people. This yes. idea that's very a dismissive. Yeah, it's very you. dismissive. Yeah. It's very naive yeah. of a lot of people to say, if we create a social media page, we can reach young people yeah. right and that's where the EFF comes in in a new way the ANC Youth League used to be able to do this the ANC in the past six months really changed their advertising yeah. um, and changed their approach did, did, did young people feel uh, well, some sort think, of yeah, uh, of connection with the communication that the ANC was putting out there? So I think they did. I think in some cases they did, on, in particular on their Twitter page, but also the fact that the ANC decided we're going to create a mobile application. I want to go quickly to, to Kaya so yeah. that uh, no we run out of time. Kaya, how do people get in touch with your initiative? How do they get to understand how to be a part of it? And ultimately, what do you guys want to get out of it? So I think you got 30 seconds. Really, um, a question of, we didn't want this to be just limited to this particular general election. It's really a way of saying that everybody has understood that clearly there is some sense of disengagement with young people when it comes to the electoral process. Yep. And we're really trying to identify the different ways of saying that going forward, this is why we keep actively engaging young people in conversation so that by the time we get to the next general election, it isn't the shock effect of people saying, oh dear God, what is it that I need to vote for? But it becomes something that becomes far more socialized over the interregnum. So that by the I'm, time I'm, I'm, I'm scared to, to I'm, I'm worried to, about time. How do people get in touch with you? How do they follow you? How do they get involved they in the process? On Twitter, my, our, our Twitter handles, our mind is at Karista Kaya. They can also find the Twitter handle of Kosi and Nebohang on my Twitter handle and also the hashtag that we're using is Telcommutic Night. So if you try and follow the hashtag, you're going to see the different things that we're going to be pursuing over the next couple of weeks. There will also be a big debate reflecting on the, po- on the post-elections and I think we'll obviously try to then Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Kaius Tolle, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate your time, sir. Thank you. All right. And of course, Kosi Chigana, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Great stuff. It's 11 o'clock. Time for Eyewitness News.